0: Hello! Welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs and I'm here with George Ortega and Michael Walsh and we're gonna talk a little bit about how losing the belief in free will uh, may affect someone's belief in their religion. And this is an interesting case because um, since since I realized free will was an illusion after i already became atheist i didn't really have any of this problem exactly you know it wasn't i'd already been through the um experience of leaving christianity and all that but i want to briefly mention you know, for people who are listening to the, this for the first time you know what free will is and why we don't have it just so we're clear and basically free will is the, you know we, we could actually make choices independent of anything outside of our control, which is our genetics and our conditioning or nature and nurture, because any, anything we do either has to be because we prefer it, because we were genetically predisposed to preferring something, or we were taught something, and we get our idea of morality and stuff from what we're taught. So in short... Nobody is the first cause of anything, and that's my brief explanation of why free will is impossible. But maybe George and Mike uh, want to weigh in on that a little bit.
1: I was just going to say that uh, given the the, the topic, uh, how does one's um, coming to know that there is no free will affect their religious belief? I mean, I, I, it would, I would imagine. I, I've never been religious myself personally, so it's hard for me to say from... Uh, you know, a subjective perspective, but looking at other people, I would imagine that it would have a profound effect on their religious uh, worldview, because, um, you know, in most religions, free will is an integral part of the whole system of the way things work, you know, especially most versions of Christianity and Judaism and Islam and Hinduism. And so I could imagine, it'd be very hard for me to imagine how someone can still be a traditional theist, you know, believe in a traditional theistic God, like uh, the God of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, and accept that there is no free will, because then the whole thing doesn't really make any sense at all. And there have been people who've tried to, you know, reconcile no free will with God, you know, like Calvinists, for example, and there's uh, other, other groups of people as well. But I would imagine that people who come to realize there's no free will and who are religious, they're they're going to have an existential crisis at their hands.
2: Well, Michael, you're right because that's that's the kind of crisis that I kind of have come to. On the one hand, understanding that we don't have a free will has been wonderful in that I don't. It would it's illogical and and wrong to blame either other people or myself for anything. You know, for anything we might do wrong. You know, and that's wonderful because, like, to the extent we do that, then our relations with other people, with ourselves, with the world of people, you know, just improves. It gets better. You know, we lose the, the negativity and all. But, you know, the problem is, of course, then well, all right, you know, from a religious perspective, if we're not responsible for the wrong we do, for the evil we do, then clearly, clearly in my mind, um god is responsible. So like so we have to shift from this traditional conception of god as being all good to the recognition of well you, you know like god does a lot of good but he also does a lot of bad. And that that is is not so easy to come to terms with absolutely.
1: Can you imagine how if a if a if a person Uh, Comes to realize or acknowledges that free will is logically impossible. Is it possible that God can have free will?
2: Chandler, you want to take that?
1: Because does does the logical impossibility of free will also apply to God?
2: It would
0: have to apply to God if there was any sort of God, however you define God, Um, because basically um, you are like, oh for example, you know, our friend Trick has mentioned before that you're stuck either the idea that there's an infinite regress of causality, meaning there's no point at which a decision was ever made. Um, it's just all cause and effect. Or uh, if somebody tries to throw an a-causal event in there to begin the universe, either way, there is no agent including god who could take fundamental responsibility for what happens so i think that it is just as inco- it's just as incoherent for god to have a free will as it is for any human to have a free will
2: all right so so yes yeah, so chandler was just addressing the issue from the standpoint of eternity in other words if if god is eternal we never reach a point where you know like where that causal chain begins But there's also another way to to understand why God, at least in the present moment, doesn't have a free will either. Um, And that relates to God's omniscience. If God is all-knowing, then clearly God a billion years ago would have known what God this very moment would be doing, thinking, and all. And God is locked into that knowledge. So you're right, Michael, God doesn't have any more free will in the present moment Than anyone else or anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, but here's the thing though. Once you uh, expand the zone of the logical impossibility of free will to God Himself, then is the concept of God even coherent after that?
0: Well, I would probably say no. um, Because at least, because you basically have to have a God that as is as powerless as human beings are and that there is fundamentally no control. So it makes no sense to speak of something being all-powerful if it doesn't have the ability to do otherwise.
2: All right, my take would be a bit different. Um, In other words, like, there's there's basically, you know, we define God as omnipotent or all-powerful but, you know, there's certain limitations to that definition. In other words, like, an all-powerful God can, cannot make 2 plus 2 equal 5. You know, in other words, like, so, so an, an all-powerful God can't do things that would defy God's logic or the world's logic. So, some, from that standpoint, there's a limitation. And then the other thing is, like, you know, in terms of, like, okay, um, if, you, if you define God as everything... Then, then you kind of like shift from a theistic or you can shift from a theistic perspective of God to more of a naturalistic understanding and say, well, you know, basically everything is the universe. And so like then when we make that shift, we can say, well, the, the laws of the universe, gravity, the, you know, the four physical forces um, and all these other laws, the, the chemical laws and all, that's what makes things happen. So, so God, so in that sense, God is all powerful, but again, you know, you guys are right that like, you know, because of this causal um, regress, because at least according to logic, causes never stop going back into the past, ultimately it, it, it transcends logic, it transcends our ability to understand how God could have like, you know, controlled everything from the very beginning if perhaps there wasn't a beginning
1: yeah what a lot of uh um religious people that i've spoken to who don't believe in free will is they make an exception for god they say well we don't have free will but god does and um i you know to me that doesn't really seem plausible at all because i mean as as you mentioned uh if god knows everything then he knows what he's going to do in five minutes and he can't change it. And he's locked into this uh, infinite or near-infinite set of causes and effects. And he's just following along with it just like we are. And that would be no different from us being determined than as God being determined. And so what some religious people say to get out of that is, well, God exists outside of time. And that's been—that's that's probably the most popular view of, of on God, is that God is 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 timeless. But to me, that opens up another logical— conundrum because a timeless mind is by definition non-functional a timeless mind can't do anything it's just a mind frozen in a conscious state and it can't make decisions and it can't do things and it can't make events happen so god would have to be in time but if god's in time then he couldn't be uh he couldn't have libertarian free will and so the view that some religious people have that oh god's outside of time and that's how he escapes you know the free will dilemma that, to me, has its own logical dead end.
0: Yeah, it certainly does have some problems. But I think, like, take, for example, the Calvinist position that God has free will but humans don't. I think the problem is they haven't explored what free will is. I think that they are um, they are thinking—they're still thinking of God as a free agent, as something that could have done otherwise, that has— this has this will that could be anything and is not bound by any causal laws or anything, um, which is weird because I just think that an examination of the issue leads you to the realization that it the thought's incoherent for any any type of being to have a free will because it's it's just a contradiction in terms. Is it free or is it willed? But it can't be both.
2: Right. Again, but I want to get back to, you're right, Michael, basically like this contention that God exists outside of not just time. They also say that he exists outside of space also. To my mind, that's incoherent. That's because like, if you define God, because another definition of God, um, aside from like being, you know, all powerful, omnipotent and all knowing, omniscient, is that God is supposed to be Omnipresent God is supposed to be everywhere. Now, to my mind, if there is such a thing that uh, that that exists outside of time and space, God would have to be there, but he would also have to be within, you know, time and space. Also, um, maybe even more to the point, I can't logically conceive of anything existing outside of time and space. You know, because like, for example, if God, if you posit the time that God exists outside of time, and then you you posit that he existed out, outside of time a billion years ago, and he still exists outside of time today, well, all of a sudden, that's not outside of time. A billion years has passed.
1: Yeah, I agree that uh, the concept of existence outside of time and space, to me, doesn't seem plausible, and I think it's probably totally uh, incoherent. I mean, to, to not to not exist in time, is to say that something exists for zero seconds. And if I say, George, you exist for zero seconds, that means you don't exist.
2: Exactly, and the other thing with time is time is a measurement of motion. You know, any time we, we, we use the word time, it's like you know the, the, the motion of atoms interacting, the motion of the, of the sun, you know, it's always relative to the motion. So like, to say something is outside of time is to say that nothing actually is happening. So yeah, that 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 doesn't make sense.
1: Einstein famously asked, uh, "Did God have a choice in creating the universe?" Now, Einstein didn't have like the traditional God in mind, but he liked to you know entertain the idea just for you know just for fun. And if you think about, it, if God doesn't exist in time, then it never could have been the case that God existed in a state in which he did not intend to create our universe and you know wanted to create another universe or or no universe he must have always existed with the goal or intention to create our universe and not any other kind of universe or not universe and the only way you can get the idea of decision making you know contingent decision making is you have to have time you know you know we make decisions in time and we think of them of being contingent. Well, the, the decision was based on X that happened in the past. But if God has no time, if He exists in a uh, in a non-temporal state, however that makes sense, then it could never have been the case that God existed and then He desired oh, you know, I think I'll create a universe, and I'll create this particular universe. It could never have been the case. It would have, it would have had to have been the case that God always existed right from the beginning or from eternity or in some non-temporal frozen state with the desire and intention to create our specific universe, and it never could have been any other way because there's no possible counterfactual to that.
0: You're stuck in a situation if— because a decision is always made on what happened in the past to lead to somebody wanting to do one thing instead of another. So if there is no time, if there is no past, if there's nothing that happened before uh, God, because then there's absolutely no basis, and it would have to be um, a basically a random choice. You know, a causal, if you can even try to figure that one out.
1: Or it would, have, it would have to simply just be a brute fact that God exists always in this state with the intention to create our universe
0: and not a universe that is even tiny bit different. Right, and, and there would be no explanation for why this universe instead of another universe.
1: Yeah, because no theist will be able to say, well, you know, God could have chosen to create another universe. He couldn't have because that would require time in order to do so. He would have had to have a state where he said, what universe should I create? Well, let me weigh, you know, possibility X, X, Y, and Z. Oh, I'll create Z. It couldn't have ever been that way. He would have always had have had the decision to create universe Z, and no other possibility could have been
0: actualized. Right. The very idea when they try to say, "Well, God could have done this," and instead, instead is saying God could have done otherwise, that there was that that was a genuine possibility, which is pre- precisely betrays their belief in free will
2: I just I just yeah, thought it of,
0: requires time
2: yeah I just thought of another example of like a lot of theists who who believe that God is all good and believe is, um, God has free will don't realize the contradiction between that in other words like if God is all good by definition God has to do what's good God cannot do what, what, what's not good so again, this is using their logic against them. If you want to believe that God is all good, God cannot be all good and have free will at the same time.
0: Yeah, and then of course it gets into a whole discussion of what is good. It's whatever God does. <laughs> right. Is it good because God does it or does God do it because it's good?
1: Yeah, and most most theists hate entertaining the idea of brute facts. Uh, they just absolutely abhor it. Because once you allow brute facts into your way of thinking, then the universe could be a brute fact, and then there's absolutely no need for God. And uh, most theists would really, really, really want to not go down that road. And so, to me, uh, I, I think the the, the 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 theist is stuck between a rock and a hard place here. I really don't see how they can get out of this this logical dilemma. And what I've when I've challenged theists on this, <clears throat> basically the argument I get is the old saying the lord works in mysterious ways. Our puny mortal evolved primate brains just can't understand this stuff, you know, like we can't expect to figure this out. This is beyond our intellect. And they leave it at that. And, but right. to me that's just not satisfying.
2: Yeah, guys, I mean like you know you know I tend to I happen to be a pantheist, which is very very different from the uh the theist like, you know, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And so like you know, in a certain sense, for example, like if you define God as everything, then the universe is everything. If you have define God as all-powerful, then the laws of nature are all-powerful. But again, it's not the same God that that most religions believe in because, like, this God, again, doesn't have any more free will in the present than we do. This God has to be both good and evil because there's good and evil, and there's, there's certain differences. I've got to get going in a few minutes, but, like, you guys can continue the podcast, all right? All right, George. All right. Thanks, George. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, see, what I wanted to say in response to that, though, is George is a lot of fun because he, um, he this whole pantheism thing, equating God with the universe, is interesting. Um, it's different from the kind of God that sends you to hell. That's the, I think, the very important thing that's different, which is why I can handle it because I, I mean, I had a problem with the Christian God that was blaming was blaming humans for what he made them do <laughs> yeah
1: i mean there's uh there's been all attempts among christians to liberalize that god and to make him like oh you know he's not gonna kill you. he's not gonna punish you or anything he just wants you to be happy more or less you know the 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 hippie dippy loving god you know the tree hugging kind of god and you know i mean i i would i would argue yeah that god is certainly better than the fire and brimstone angry god who gets who gets pissed the moment, uh, you know, two gay people do it in the naughty place? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's on the right path to 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 know God, which is, I think, eventually where we need to go in society. It's inching the it's inching the way closer to know God. But uh, I guess you're not gonna. It, it's it's unlikely that people who are very conservative in religious beliefs are gonna go from. A very fundamentalist view to atheism overnight or even in you know uh, over a year they'll go from you know fundamentalist Christianity to liberal Christianity to a kind of spiritual deism to then agnosticism to then atheism and that that's usually the path that people take when
0: they come out of religion yeah I know that was kind of how it happened for me too it was not by any means a quick thing and so I guess it comes in stages I mean we can't we can't expect you know, the the zygote to turn into a 40-year-old adult, you know, in in a few seconds. Do you think
1: that the debate over free will will eventually, over time, replace the debate over creationism?
0: I think it will.
1: Because it seems to me that the the creationists are dramatically decreasing in numbers over every every time they do like a poll it gets less and less and less and less and at some point probably within the next 10 15 years there'll be like such a tiny minority of people that they'll be insignificant in any respect but as the debate over free will enters a more of a mainstream arena and people take note that there is a debate over it, that the, that the intuitive assumption that there is free will is not something that we can just take for granted as an axiom. When that debate heats up, it seems to me that that will be a debate that replaces evolution. Instead, maybe 20 years from now, we'll have you know, people debating free will and non-free will just as ferocious as they debate evolution and
0: creationism. Yeah, in fact, it'll be even more fierce because basically, what I don't think that creationism and evolution, practically speaking, makes that much of a difference as far as ethically for us, how we treat each other. Um, whereas I think that the free will belief that has huge differences in our behavior because automatically when we believe in free will and that people are doing things we don't, we don't like and that they chose to do it, all by themselves, that they're the first cause. Of, well, then we blame them and we want to kill them or torture them in some way. But if we understand that nobody chooses anything, we tend to be more compassionate and we tend to dig deeper into um, what you know, what life is about and what ethics is. So I think it matters more, and that's why this de- debate um should replace these other debates about creationism versus evolution or the existence of god because quite simply i don't i don't think those debates actually matter that much they only matter
1: to religious people and only that and only then a subset of religious people fundamentalist religious people who take a literal interpretation of their religious holy book it only really matters to them and to the scientific community to intellectual people educated people progressive people it's it's a non issue doesn't even it's not even something that we even have to debate anymore the debate is over the nail in the coffin has been nailed in of creationism it's it's a done deal but i have a feeling that the same people who are going to be debating on the side of free will in the next coming decades as this debate gets more mainstream will be the same kind of people that are currently debating For creationism,
0: it's going to be primarily religious people. Yeah, I think you're right, and the reason I think you're right on that is because this concept of free will is so central to the idea of sin and deserving hell, you know, and retribution, all all these various things that are clearly part of these religions.
1: Exactly, because the concept of the traditional Christian hell really makes no sense on determinism. I mean, the person who has the unlucky fortune of being born as a person determined to go to hell has no choice in the matter. They're simply just a pawn, you know, in the game that God is playing. And you really cannot justify the idea of a person spending an eternity in hell through no fault of their own and claiming that God is morally perfect and just at the same time. Like, that's just incoherent. Right. So one of those has to give— Either either God is evil. Well, you know, and the, and the thing about some hardcore fundy fundy Calvinists is they will when pressed, they will admit, like, yeah, Mike, the God that I believe in, he's kind of an asshole, but hey, he's the boss and he has the power, so you better do what he says. Period.
0: Yeah, I mean I like that level of honesty, I have to say. <laughs> It,
1: it, is, it is a little bit more intellectually honest than the person who wants to say there is no free will and a God that sends you to hell for eternity is morally perfect. I mean that to me is just like, that's like trying to make a square circle.
0: Well the reason that they get away with trying to say God is morally perfect is because they say God makes up morality whatever he feels like at the time. So if God wakes up in the morning and and says you know what rape is a really good thing i'm going to declare that rape is good you know well then it's good because god said so so that's their system of morality and that's why god always has to be morally perfect no matter what god says or does
1: most of that i've spoken to will try to avoid that uh the arbitrariness Um, accusation of of God's morality when it it comes to debating morality, they'll say, well, God is intrinsically morally perfect, therefore everything he says is morally perfect, and he couldn't command you to do evil or anything like that. But if you're a traditional theist, like a Jew, a Christian, or a Muslim, all you have to do is point to a verse in the Bible in which God is commanding someone to do something we would today Consider evil, like the the Old Testament has um, the Jew. The God commands the Jews to kill all the Canaanites, kill the men, women, children, everyone, down to the the very last one. And I asked Christ, uh, Christians, I said, well, if the Jews decided to just kill the Canaanites on their own, like if that was just a decision that they made within the tribe, would it have been moral? They would say no, because that would be people deciding to kill you know, for for no reason. But then they say, well, if God commands them to do that very same exact thing, then it becomes good, because it's God commanding you to do so, and God is morally perfect, and everything he does and says and commands is morally perfect. But that's the same exact thing as morality being, in a sense, arbitrarily decided by God. If something that is wrong to do on your own suddenly becomes right when God commands you to do that very same exact thing, then it is, in a sense, that uh, whatever God commands is right. The first horn of the Euthyphro Dilemma.
0: Yeah, see, and so, like, you know, I think that a certain action is either right or wrong. It, it doesn't make a difference who does it or who says to do it. It's either right or it's wrong, and there's no no person that can change that.
1: Yeah. So basically, here's how a lot of Christians argue this. They say, God is by definition perfect. Yahweh is God. Therefore, everything Yahweh does and commands is perfect. Checkmate, atheist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. It's really hilarious. But I think what's interesting about it is that, first of all, I mean, we generally disagree with um, the theistic idea of God being um, the, the standard of morality, this arbitrary um, morality that can just change. Um, but there, but either way, because we don't have free will, we don't have moral responsibility, even which once you establish um the same morality, which I don't think the atheists and theists will ever have the same standard of morality that are going by. But either way, we can't blame anybody. We don't have a free will.
1: Yeah. And going back to going back to free will, given that it is most likely the case that it's going to be religious based beliefs that are going to be giving the most pushback against free will. That brings up an interesting, um, I guess, problem on our hands, on those of us who are advocates for um, getting getting rid of free will uh, as, as, a, as something that is true in that what is what are going to be the best tactics for us to, I guess, spread the message that there is no free will given that religion is going to be the greatest pushback? Is it going to be that we have to um, kind of, uh, I guess, Um, critique religion first or debunk the religion first and then once you debunk a person's religion, now you're making it much easier for them to come into the acknowledgement that there is no free will or or are you going to have to make the case against free will first and emphasize that and then have to have them on their own kind of deal with it in terms of their religion. Because it seems to me that the former would probably be the best method. You'd have to decrease their religiosity first since that's going to be the largest pushback on on free will and then once you get them out of religion then it's much easier to get them to acknowledge that there is no free will
0: that's an interesting question because right now i'm not sure which is the most effective way
1: yeah, I mean it, to me it's an open question. I think the former would probably be the best way but you know that's just my hypothesis right now I, I don't know it's to me it is a bit of an open question because you know I I you know me and Mitch we live here in New York and we we, we belong to a, an atheist meetup and we hang out and we get together almost every week in an atheist group and uh, we're both you know very knowledgeable on the free will topic and I, I challenge other atheists on free will and even atheists. Uh, push back and say oh no 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 we have free will you know i make a decision when i when i choose a pepsi over coke it's me making the decision that's my free will and you don't know what you're talking about so even among atheists who are essentially materialists who don't believe in a soul or anything non-physical interacting with the universe even they accept a quasi or actual free will because it's been so ingrained in the culture so even being an atheist could still make you believe that there's free will i mean it's not a guarantee but i do think it makes it easier to convince an atheist that there is no free will than it is to convince a theist because the atheist doesn't have the idea of a soul or a
0: god or sin to 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 try to use that as pushback i think you have a point there but still yeah i think it's an open question and one that we might talk with our co-host on a future episode um, we were, we just passed 32 minutes here. So I think we'll want to end this episode.
1: All right. Sounds good. Yeah. That could be, that could be a future topic we can discuss.
0: All right. Definitely. All right. You've been listening to free will science and religion. First, it was Chandler Klebs and George Ortega, but he had to leave. But, um, then, um, I continued it with Michael Walsh and we got into all kinds of topics. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode and stay tuned for more. Bye.